one two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series. This time Manning going deep for Beckham Jr. Did he catch it? He did. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the Between Two Gardens podcast. It is the podcast where we debate the biggest sports topics of the week from both sides of the greatest city rivalry in the history of sports. We are back. It is good to be back sitting across from me in the blue corner, as always, in a corner that is bluer than it has ever been. Ever. 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 Never been this blue in his life. Sitting across from me in the blue corner, as always, the lovely, beautiful, talented Tom Arduino. How we doing, buddy? We're doing great, man. This is the officially the first. Um, well, I mean, I have recorded from New York City before. However, it was not my residence. So uh, this is the first official B2G episode live from Boston and New York. Pretty yeah, special buddy. Stuff. Yeah, man. So cool. So the thing is, the last year or so, I've been... Depending on how I've chosen to phrase the podcast, I've been telling some people that you already do live in New York because you had the connections and you were down there and it's just better for the hook of the show. For sure. Um, but the the fact that we are now a New York Boston podcast coming at you every week from New York and Boston proper is uh I don't know why, but it's very exciting for me. It, I mean, nothing really changes in terms of our dynamics week to week, but just that that little extra that little extra heat that little extra authenticity yeah that little you you can't really put a put put your words on it put your finger on it um but no i mean it's like i've experienced this just like being in the city there's just like something different about you the energy about it the you know like wake waking up in the city is so much different than waking up in 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 norwalk the energies is so much different um and it's been it's been fun so far so um but but yeah moving sucks <laughs> if you didn't already know about that moving big um, sucks we'll get to that though for now i want to just say to the listeners we've been gone for a couple of weeks partially for yes. thanksgiving but partially because tom has been putting this move together for a couple of weeks now he's finally got all of his shit there he's finally recording from his new bed in his new apartment so like you you started to go into it a little bit already with like just the the energy feeling different every morning when you wake up but like how's life man I know we caught up a little bit off mic but like talk talk to it a little bit yeah um life's good life's good and I'm saying that and my life's a little bit crazy right now because I'm still like I'm still training back to Norwalk for work right now. um because that's where that's where work is right now so um yeah things are a little crazy but um you know the i kind of view it as like uh like growth you know what i mean like things are always a little bit um wonky and uh not Mm -hmm. always the most pleasurable when when things are uh changing for the better but um you know, you, 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 you work through it and then you, you enjoy the fruits of your labor later on, which is basically the whole moving process in a nutshell, basically, you know, so we, we've been living out of boxes for, you know, uh, almost two weeks now already, which is crazy. We we've had the place for three weeks. It's going to be a month soon already. 
which is crazy to think about. Um, but we're super happy. The place is dope. Um, neighborhoods awesome. We have everything within like five minutes. Um, went to the Ranger game on Monday uh, last week. We hopped on the queue, which is on our corner. And we were at Penn Station in 18 minutes. So wow. it's pretty awesome. We're, we're, we're in a really good spot where we got really lucky. Uh, you know this because like you, uh, you were singing its praises and, and congratulating me on landing a place with uh, in-unit laundry. Um, I mean, which is uh, massive. Anybody listening to this podcast right now who lives in a major metro getting in unit laundry on your first swing oh. is that's borderline offensive to to do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of our because Hannah has been in the city for a year now and she dealt with like the fold and dry mm-hmm. and she so wasn't lost on her. And she's a nurse. So, I mean, the, the amount of money that you spend, the inconvenience that it can be on top of the like having to schedule your laundry when <sighs> and especially for her, because she's in a profession that is her schedule is so irregular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a pain in the ass. So it was like a top ask for us. Uh, so we so uh, we were. We were only looking at places that at least had laundry in the building. But we were lucky mm-hmm. enough to manage to get it in unit, um, which is awesome. Because and I think we're the only unit in our building that has it in unit. Nice. So we we made out really really well. Um. And uh, but yeah, so we are uh, you know despite the the heat being literally like eighties <laughs> in our entire apartment for the past two weeks. Yeah. Um. Despite you know outlets not working and and other things, it's honestly kind of small potatoes when you really look at the whole, the whole picture. So we're we're really happy right now. So uh, which uh, which part of New York specifically are you in again? Yeah. So we're we're Upper East Side, um, Second yeah. Avenue, eighty sixth Street, which like everything is on eighty sixth. Like every subway gets off at it stops at eighty sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of, we walked to the, we walked to central park yesterday. It was like 10 minutes. Um, oh. like we're, we're just so happy. Um, so, and, um, looking forward to exploring more too. Um, but yeah, and fun, funny enough, my pretty much all of my cousins and it's like a good, like four or five of them lived like in this neighborhood and I didn't, I didn't even really like realize that but like and nice. not even like just this neighborhood like this block mm. and funny enough too my um my cousin nick um who has he come on the pod i don't think we we, we were we tried to get him once i don't think we got him on okay. um but uh he his friend from college lives on this block as well and he he told me the story from a few weeks ago uh, that he had to call the police on this like penthouse in uh, that was just partying like crazy. And it, there's this guy in this penthouse DJing. And I don't know if you follow Anthony Rizzo on Instagram, 
But a few weeks ago, it, it, in this in the offseason, Anthony Rizzo has picked up DJing in his spare time. So it turns out that we are we are neighbors with Anthony Rizzo. And he hmm. was that night he was blasting. I think it might have been like the marathon weekend, because both him and Judge's wives ran the New York Marathon. Mm-hmm. And they were just boozing it up, partying. Rizzo was uh playing some tunes and it, it's it's it was all on his Instagram, which is funny. Um and then being told this story about how my my uh Nick's friend, his name's Jack, called the cops on Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge uh for partying after the New York marathon, which is is pretty funny. But and also funny to find out that, you know, we we live almost next door to to a Yankee. So Rizzo's fully given up on his eyes and is just focusing on other senses now. Just like yeah, right? I'm gonna go full <laughs> ears. If my eyes aren't yeah. gonna work, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna make it all auditory from here on out. Exactly. And he could feel the keys and the the knobs and the buttons and everything. He really you really don't need any vision for, for DJing. So yeah, he's doubling down wow. on it. At least he's got a fallback in, in case, you know, next season doesn't go as planned. <laughs> That's a bit cooler than mine. There are a couple, I have a couple cool names in my neighborhood. Um, Kraft used to live here. He now lives one town over. So okay. uh, I, I've seen people out and taking photos with him running around the wes- the reservoir that's at the end of my street. So he's okay. still like around here. I've yet to run into him, but hopefully someday. Um I actually just learned around, I learned this on Halloween, talking to, uh, we were talking to some families that were out trick-or-treating, and uh, they were like, yeah, we're finishing up this street, and then we're going to go hit Justin Turner's house. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, Justin Turner's right up up that street right there. You can see his Maserati parked outside. (laughs) So we went and we checked it out, and it was pretty cool. Um, cool. they, They actually weren't home, so I didn't get candy from Justin and Courtney. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> um, which would have been nice. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, Conan O'Brien grew up here in Brookline. Um, Tina cool. Fey, Amy Poehler. Wait, just Amy Poehler, not Tina Fey. Amy Poehler, uh, Tina Fey is a New Yorker, but Amy Poehler grew up here. Um, yeah, it's just the that's, that's when, when you live on relatively in relatively desirable areas. You, you get some fun overlap. You're, I think yours is a little bit cooler. Like the penthouse, two two, ro- two houses up, getting shut down for Anthony Rizzo DJ. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. cooler. No, definitely. I mean, New York's New York's crazy, man. It's like there's uh, the, all the different neighborhoods, obviously, but like anyone can live anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's pretty dope. Like I um, I think I think like Paul McCartney lives like maybe a few blocks down on I think it's Madison Avenue. No uh, shit. By, by by Central Park, yeah, it's like people say. Uh, who Hannah works with have said like that they see him all the time around like Madison Avenue and no kidding, um, holy fuck, yeah, yeah, like they run into him at the Met, which is actually yeah, we're right we're right next to the Met, and mm-hmm. and like the Guggenheim, like it's it, it, it's it's Upper East is really awesome. Um, gotcha, man. Yeah. So yeah, that that's New York. Um. On the, on the other side, you know, I was telling you just been, I've been a furniture building machine. Um, been breaking out the drills. Um, and all no task rabbits for you guys? That kind of stuff. No, not, not that bougie yet. 
Um, I, gotcha. I I honestly like. I have like. Go ahead. Say you enjoy it. Bring that karma on yourself. No, I don't. I don't enjoy it at all. Because I'll get like halfway through a project and then uh, and the bitching and complaining starts. Like there you go. Like the the yelling at the instructions to the people who like wrote them and how like the pictures do not match what they're telling me to do, <laughs> and like how I know what I'm supposed to do. But if I was following exactly how they told were telling me to do it. It mm-hmm. wouldn't work. Um, so it's like, yeah, why, true. Why, why, why am I paying for this? Like you are supposed to know more than me. Like my, <laughs> I shouldn't have to think critically about it. I'm supposed to just follow instruction one, two, three, four. And it should come out exactly as it's like, like following a recipe, but that's, that's never the case. So it always takes longer than it's supposed to. Um, and they always say, don't use power tools, but you know, that's if you want, to spend your entire lease building it uh right you know so i use the power tools and risk damaging it but you just got to be careful if you've used a drill once before in your life you can manage to build these things using power tools um yeah but yeah there's just the building stuff but the, the task rabbit stuff i don't think i mean listen i've never had a million dollars but I really cannot ever see myself like getting a task rabbit per se, unless I like had a, like a mansion, I guess. And, and at that point, like you're not assembling furniture, you're buying full pieces that are already made and you're just paying movers. But like, it's just one of those things that I'm like, I could never, like, it's just like, I like shiver, like at the thought of like that, how bougie that is. Like, I don't even like ordering Uber Eats. You know, mm. like you know like i i try to save money where i can and stuff um have we ordered uber eats in our week and a half here yeah we have <laughs> definitely insomnia the other night was was a must after you know five hours of furniture building but wow throwback um, to college big, big throwback time. to college big time and Han- hannah lived above insomnia at yukon so so that oh, was okay. a, that was that was a big time throwback uh to the college days for sure um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't blame anyone for, for using task rabbit at, at all, but my personal, um, preference is like, I'll, I'll do it myself. I don't even know how much they would cost to be honest. Um, you. Have you, have you ever used one? No. And I'm glad you mentioned, like, even if I was a millionaire, that's like, that's a $15 that I don't think I would ever feel comfortable parting with for that purpose. Like it's it's a little like, like if like I had, I, I would never, I would never like, if I had the money for a task rabbit, I'd be buying nice furniture and paying <laughs> movers and not, not a task rabbit. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I don't know. I think fifteen bucks I was it. a. I think fifteen bucks was a gross understatement. I think I have looked at it a few times and I have balked at the price a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's mostly coming from. I I open like I get to the point where like I open TaskRabbit, I look at the price, and it's not necessarily like a prohibitive price, but it's a price that makes me go. I was raised by a contractor, who I had <laughs> had been going on jobs with since I was six years old, and I'm looking at this app on my phone for another grown man to come to my house 
right and build ikea furniture for yes there we're getting to good stuff here there yeah. is def there definitely is like a male ego involved here yeah for sure um it's like and, oh and he's yeah. this guy's gonna I, literally and i like i harvard shame myself a lot which is a word that i i made up for myself okay. I, i'm like oh, i'm gonna get this guy to come over he's gonna come He's going to see my fucking Harvard magazines all over the place. He's going to see me standing here with my blonde hair and my glasses and go, this mm -hmm. guy that wouldn't know an Allen wrench if it got shoved up his ass. <laughs> like, I just like, oh, this is a I, I like to pride myself in that. I'm a little better with my hands than I look than my vibes yeah. give off. Um, sure, sure. And I just could not like eat that complete. Yeah. Like, it's exactly what it looks like type sitch you know yeah from from as long as i can remember when i was young i was the furniture building builder in my family mm -hmm. um because like even at the age of like 12 i was better with tools than my dad <laughs> so it was just like oh okay my mom would just be like tom i got a new dresser uh it's coming in <laughs> two weeks get get ready and i'm like okay all right and like okay so your dad's not a handy guy no interesting not at all not okay. at all i i think maybe i picked it up from my lego building as a as a youngin there you uh, go or perhaps it was just i i was just have a little bit of that intuition in me i have no idea but i i do have an inclination for being decently i can get by for not having any guidance uh yeah. whatsoever with tools how to build stuff um so so yeah, that that's also part of it. But yeah, just the having someone, another man, come over to build my furniture that I'm that me and my girlfriend are gonna use. <laughs> yeah, and and then I'm gonna pay this guy on top of it to do it. Like I I'd, I'd rather pay someone to just cut my testicles off. <laughs> like it, <laughs> you know, like come build this bed frame for my me and my girlfriend who I'm supposedly her protector and right. uh someone who is supposed to uh you know shield her from the evils of this world. Exactly. Um somewhat of a provider in some ways. Um yeah, it's a tough just tough goes one. against everything I stand for. Yeah. Um well speaking of uh it's funny you bring up Legos. Uh, for the first time in, at the very minimum, two decades, uh, I actually have Legos on my Christmas list this year. Nice. What, what I, are we um, going for? My my aunt was hitting me up for ideas. And one of my, my favorite pastimes with my sister when I go home is we will just go do laps around the Danbury Mall um, and just see see how the community's doing. Sure. Um, Great way to Christmas and, shop and get ideas as well. Yeah. And uh, we went into the Lego store and, you know, I was looking at, you know, obviously most of the stuff in the Lego store is very sick. Like you see most of the sets and you're like, oh, that would be awesome. But there was one in particular, one that wasn't uh, one of the, you know, $800 Eiffel Towers or Hogwarts castles, though, in, in that realm. Um, oh, yeah. I saw on the shelf above all those big ones. um they had uh, James Bond's Aston Martin, and I Very was like, nice. "Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I'm a big Bond guy. Um, sure, that that is my uh, 
it's always been my action hero of choice. I feel like most guys our age have at least one franchise that like they really, really ride or die for, whether it's Born, whether it's um, you know, Tom Cruise and uh Mission Impossible. Yeah, Mission Impossible. I don't know why that escaped me for a minute. Um most guys have one franchise that they kind of like hitch their wagon to. Bond Bond's mine. Um so it was it comes with like the little the little suited up Daniel Craig and you build the the Aston Martin and he goes inside and I was like, oh that would actually be pretty fun. That's Um, dope. That's yeah. cool. My and like, brothers... I yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You continue. And like, I was obviously everyone our age is somewhat of a Lego guy. For Lego sure. was never like my big, big, big thing. Like, I obviously had Legos and I played with them and I liked them, but like, I feel like some people our age still like really have the bug. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is gonna be my 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 awakening um for for legos putting this one together and like seeing it when it's done and being like oh that is just so well done um but i mean yeah i i haven't done a lego set in 20 years so i'm pretty stoked about it yeah my uh i have done a a lego set recently because my brother um has given me like the last two years he's gotten me they're not legos but they're an off brand of I think it's like somebody who started like a business. I think they take like Legos and then make kits out of them. So he's gotten me uh, two years ago. He got me a model of a Sherman tank from World War Two. Wow. And then ne- the and then last year he got me a model of a Panzer tank to, ma- to match it. So I guess I could go to war now. <laughs> uh, so I, I haven't built the Panzer one yet. Um but they are they are fun to do. Um, and I, I, I did like Legos back in the day. I was also big Bionicles guy. I don't know if you were into the Ooh. Bionicles. I, I had a few. Um, Loved they, how they, they were they very cool. Up and yeah, yeah. they were cool. But that was a big one among like a few of my friends. Like I, I yes. never fully. That was another one that never like fully got the hooks into me. But that universe just seemed so nuts. Yes. Yeah, I never got too big into like the universe of it, but the building them and then like just the, I remember like you could lift like the head open and they had like a little brain, like gummy bear looking thing. You couldn't eat it, but like it it, it resembled like a little gummy bear being it. And then they would just be like these huge like creatures and then they, then you could like fold them up into like a little ball. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing when I was hmm. like seven. <laughs> That's dope. Um, uh, and, Lego yeah. makes Bionicle, right? Was that was that them? Oh, do they? I th- I think I'm pretty sure that was them in like the mid 2000s, being like, we got to get in on like the cool kid market. I was already about to like crown Lego as like one of the most genius companies of all time, and it already is. And I didn't know that they might also be involved in, in Bionicle. So if they are, they they have to be the top creative brand of all time. Yep. Uh, if they if they weren't already. Yeah, it's um even on like the the boxes now there is a Lego logo right before Bionicle, so they there it's like go. very entwined. Awesome. I, I seven year old me missed that completely, but that's awesome. That was like, okay, so I'm gonna try to describe a specific brand of like toy marketing that goes back a couple of decades but like just like 
the cool like black versions of like most toys and like video games and i'll just give you a few examples like um there was the super nintendo and there was the sega genesis the super nintendo the super nintendo was like the the like go to like it was family friendly it was like open to everybody it was like just reliable go to and then the genesis was like the cool edgy version like Mm. it was for the cool kids you know sure um so like sega genesis and super nintendo pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was, like, the cooler, like, noir version of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, another one, uh, the the PSP versus the Nintendo DS. Like, the Nintendo mm-hmm. DS was, like, the more go-to, like, more people had it. It was the safer option. It had all the good games. But then the PSP was, like, cool, black and silver. Yeah. Like, that was that was the route I usually went. Like, I was more, when I was a kid... I was more into Yu-Gi-Oh than Pokemon. I had a PSP over a Nintendo DS, which is an all-time bad beat. All-time bad beat, just in the PSP over the over the DS. Like everyone our age having these memories of stashing their Nintendo DS under their pillow when their mom came in to check if they were sleeping <laughs> and just not being able to relate to that. Like all-time yeah, yeah. bad beat. Um, but Bionicle, I feel like fit into that mold and that's thinking back i'm kind of surprised i wasn't more into it because that was the mm. that was the marketing that got to me when i was a kid interesting all right mm-hmm. you, you just wanted to be a bad kid kind of yeah i was, was so yeah. not a bad kid i think it was like yeah. i just i just want like the cool version of everything yes yeah, um, yeah. yeah that was uh but like looking back like now that I'm older and like I see everything like in, you know, clear vision, like I, you know, I lean more towards like Nintendo and Pokemon and like the more like time tested stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's all balancing itself out a little bit. It is. Yeah. It, it Like I literally have my. I have my switch with the bright red and blue Joy Cons. Mm-hmm. Like it's all kind of just even and out. I'm softening for sure in, in my old age, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, well, Tom, um, do we have any more uh, life or philosophy to talk about before we uh, we start talking about the uh, the old sports ball in the last few weeks? I don't think so, man. I th- I'm I'm ready to move on to football. All right, man. Well, uh, so. Our teams have been on different trajectories the last few weeks, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, different different levels of crap. But. Are you not stoked right now? Are you not? Are you not stoked about the Giants right now? Because I feel like I would be if I was in your if I was in your shoes. Let's start there. So, Tom, how are you like? If I had DeVito mania right now, I feel like in, in an otherwise dog shit season, I feel like I would be riding pretty high right now. That's that's about the yeah, that's the only thing to be excited about with the Giants. Um, it is it is fun to see DeVito have some success. And, you know, it just came out um, that they named him the starter yeah. uh, against Green Bay um, on Monday night. So that'll be another prime time shit bowl. Um, but I hey, mean, we got a prime time shit bowl this week too. We played the Steelers on Thursday night. Yes. Oh my God. You, no, you, that's going to be the shit bowl of shit bowls. I think the over under for that game is 30. Yep. Al Michaels might retire mid game. Insane. 
That's it's <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, anyway, but, not to derail uh, you. Listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see Devito in in under the lights prime time, uh, for sure. But that that's really it. Um, he's not gonna be our starter next year. Um, but the the, the story is <laughs> Dan, Dan's making a little face right now. He, I mean, they, they've already said that, uh, you know, Jones is the quarterback for next year. I don't know his timeline. I think he'll, I think he should be ready for the start of next season. Um, if Aaron Rodgers is trying to play this year, Daniel Jones better be back for next year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to see him have some success and, and, and sling the, sling the rock around a little bit, but, um, I've said it on the podcast. I I've been team. Let's get the best draft pick possible um, at, at, at this point. And, uh, but I mean, listen, and, and this is getting into a little bit of what I, what I really wanted to talk about. Um, but this year, it's not easy to get the, that top pick because there's just a lot of crap in the NFL this season. So I don't know if you wanted to, did you want to talk Patriots a little bit before we get into the state of the NFL uh, up to you? Yeah. So let's see. I have a, just on the giants first off, before we get to the Pats, like, like does, why does Tommy DeVito like already have more wins in his career than Daniel Jones does? Like, I feel like it's gotta be close. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Like they're both hanging out around like five or six on the career and, and touchdown Tommy is getting there in like four or five weeks. Giant Giants were what? They were like, were they nine and seven last year? They had a winning record last year. They made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, forgot see, you guys I, that. I, I see what you're saying. There, there's so much losing. It's hard to forget that there actually was a little bit of a bright spot last year. Yeah. And uh, um, big, big sign of improvement. Um, you've you've made a lot of moves across uh Big Cats tier rankings in the last few weeks. Uh, oh, have we? I, I think two, three weeks ago, you were super ass with us, which is the, yes. the second to last tier. Yeah. Now you're in now you're in fun but frisky, which is like yeah. halfway up the ladder, which is yeah. I would describe the Giants as a frisky team for sure. For sure. For sure. They can beat teams in the NFL, but that's not really saying too much. Um <laughs> You know, and us being in the same same tier, it definitely helped that we played each other. And um, did, did you happen to see the Saquon Barkley peppers exchange? I might have sent it to you. Oh, you lucky we ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. That, see that. that basically perfectly sums up both of our seasons. <laughs> like, <laughs> you lucky we ass. Like, <laughs> it's like. Dude, like. Here's the thing with professional athletes. I get that it's a job, but like the level of disconnect I feel like players have from like the ebbs and flows of their team is like kind of surprising sometimes. Like mm. these guys train so hard and work so hard to like go out, be their best, compete for a championship every year. But then like you'll have situations like this where like they're they're laughing about it. And I'm not trying to be like the try hard guy, like your team's losing. Why are you why are you laughing with the other team? But well, like fair. like ah like you're a professional athlete and like that's happening in midfield. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a boomer take? You tell me. 
Um, no, I don't think so. I think it gets lost on people a lot because I, I, I find that I, I, on Twitter, I think, and in the fantasy realm, you don't realize it, but like these athletes are, are humans and they have different, just like us in our everyday with our jobs, everybody at, at your job, Dan, right. Ha- mm-hmm. Wants something different out of it. There's guys mm-hmm. on, on the Patriots and the giants that want that ring. There's guys that want the bag to, you know, help their family out. Um, there's guys that want the bag for more selfish reasons and personal reasons, but like, every guy at the end of the day has like different motivations for why they're, they're out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, I guess, I guess it comes down to the coaching to try to align all those, those um, perspectives. But I mean, it just came out. I saw uh, someone put out a tweet uh, showing Sean Watson and Joe Burrow both sidelined uh Mm. Deshaun Watson was you know iced out shades on up in the up in the suite up in the box watching the game Joe Burrow was in sweats slinged up had the headphones on watching the iPad you know what Mm. I mean so there's just there's different levels to these athletes and it just it it comes out on the field you know what I mean it's like winning is contagious losing is contagious I think that's what it all boils down to so mm-hmm. um it's like the chicken or the egg thing maybe it's like is it the attitudes that are why they're losing or are they losing and it forms their attitude type thing mm-hmm. i've never viewed peppers really as a guy who just mails it in i he's a gamer in my opinion at least from when he played with the giants i really sure. have nothing nothing bad to say about him um so you know it, it you know, they're also Saquon and him are boys. They they're former teammates. You know, it, you, you just say anything to your boy. You know what I mean? So yeah, I get it's that. Sure, easy to read into it, definitely. Um, but you know, who 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 knows why he 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 really said it? But no, I don't. I don't think your your take on that is is a boomer take. Nah, I might much. be overreacting though. You're right. Like when perhaps when you're when you're like first like seeing the boy and you're like hitting that dap and you're saying like your first few thoughts to each other like it is just very like completely off the cuff like whatever's going on like you're just gonna dress it like head on um for sure so i guess that's part of it um but i'm looking at uh i'm looking at the draft order after last week tom and if uh yeah if your goal was to max out your draft pick for this year um not great the last few weeks um the giants as of right now are picking seventh um behind uh a good handful of teams um the the new England patriots were very close to getting themselves in the number one spot this week um so the main the two teams i'm mainly worried about around new england who is currently picking second in the draft um i was really i was worried about carolina uh, I'm not, I was never really worried about the commanders um, with them, you know, beating us. And I think they have, you know, a little more upside than like a top five team should have. Um, and honestly, Arizona, as soon as they got Kyler Murray back, I was like, okay, they're out of the two win conversation. Like, yeah. and, and they're already like, they already won a game. They're already outside the top two. Like I, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, Arizona's bad they're not that bad anymore. Like Kyler is going to win them a good handful of games. Um, The Carolina Panthers, which 
first off, just like my level of anger towards the Panthers organization. Oh my god. Um if if you are playing poorly enough to have a number one pick and you traded it away and it's not even yours, you should be disbarred from the NFL. Not only that, but I got to pull this up. Um, not only that, but you traded that for Bryce Young. Like that too. You, sh- you should be disbarred from the NFL. Like, you know, like you, it's terrible. I mean, and I gotta, I gotta, I'm trying for the to right find... to draft Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. You I, should be I, disbarred from the NFL. Dude, it's bad. I'm trying to find this tweet because here it is. And it's probably even, I've seen it even worse than this, but it's like the Carolina Panthers traded essentially Caleb Williams or Drake Bay. I saw this graphic. D, DJ Moore, a top 10 first round pick in 2023, a 2023 second round pick, a 2025 second round pick for Bryce Young. That's, at, oh, and you missed out on Stroud in the process. Mm-hmm. absolutely probably going to go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. No doubt. It's no just doubt. Co- co- a colossal failure. Um, yeah. And now the, 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 the bears, it's going to be interesting. Cause like, what do you, what do they do with fields? They're going to have two very high picks. Like, are they going to keep fields? Are they going to, are they going to try to bolster that, that offensive line? That's horrendous. Like, what do you, what do they do? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a great situation for them to be in, but at the same yeah. time, like it, it could go wrong in so many directions. Like fields looks good and he looks awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't really want to get into that too much. So, you know, this is in the bears podcast, but um, you, you guys, you guys have a, I, I don't, you could, you guys could easily not win another game the rest of the year. Masterful tag, Tom. I don't. I don't know if a team has ever tanked better than this. It, it was just pretty over, crazy over the last month or so. Um, so the I, I'm sure you saw this this fact. It, it was all over social media as the Pats lost this past week against the the Los Angeles Chargers uh, to solidify a five game losing streak, get them uh, by themselves into the two slot. Um, so, Bill Belichick's calling card is defense. We know this. His other calling card is situational football, which so basically if if you're watching a Bill Belichick game, you're what you're expecting is good defense and understanding what you need to get out of each game. If you look at the last three weeks, the New England Patriots are the first team since I believe the 30s back when a, a team went, went back when a standard NFL score was 10 to three. Um, the first team in almost a hundred years to lose three consecutive games in which they surrendered 10 points or fewer in each of those games. Wow. The Frankfurt yellow jackets existed back then. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to look up old football teams because I knew there was going to be a nutty one like that in it. Yeah. Literal like leatherhead like yeah six to three football is the last time this happened which is kind of what bill belichick is playing so it kind of makes sense i mean your your Um, score lines from the last few games look exactly like that 
six to zero, ten to seven, ten to six. <laughs> yeah, these are nineteen thirty-eight NFL scores. Literally. So it makes it makes sense that the last few weeks. So anyway. Um is Bill Belichick a time traveler? Maybe. Um <laughs> Or is he just both the greatest winner and greatest loser in NFL history? Oh, okay. No, I mean, he's, as soon as he finished setting records for winning, as soon as he finished setting unbeatable records for winning, he started setting unbeatable records for losing. Which, honestly, if you're looking at seasons objectively, if you're looking at it with the, that, like, almost disgustingly objective lens, where you're looking at each season as either you're you win the Super Bowl or you get the number one overall pick and anything else in between is a failure, which is a very cold, hard way to look at it and not how fans minds generally work. But for the most part, if you're not going to get a championship, it's it, it seems more advantageous to even making it to a conference title game to lose out and get the number one pick to set yourself for next season because it puts you in a best championship to win a championship or best position to win a championship for next season. Um, Bill has been understanding the assignment the last few weeks, which I greatly appreciate. Chad Ryland, our rookie kicker, understood the assignment, which I greatly appreciate. Um, and it's really beginning to look more and more like the Patriots aren't going to do what they've done since covid and uh, put out some garbage rosters and be good enough at situational football and defense and scoring off defense and capitalizing on other teams' mistakes to get themselves to six, seven, eight, nine wins and be picking in the teens, which is what they've been doing the last few years. Um, where I stand right now, the Patriots are at two. There's a chance they're at one by the end of the season. Because the we had a very close call with the the Panthers almost beat the Bucks this week. Very, very close to beating the Bucks. Mm-hmm. We almost had that one off the right and could have controlled our own destiny, I believe, the rest of the way for the number one pick. Um but where I sit right now, I saw a mock draft that I don't know how realistic this is, Tom. But I saw a very good mock draft where the Patriots are picking second. This is a world in which the Bears take a quarterback at one, which nobody knows if they're going to do. The Patriots taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at two, and then either trading up into the tail end of the first round or praying that at 34, you can get either Michael Penix or Bo Nix, which... People are saying late first round, early second round, so it's possible. Um, and then the rest of the draft, um, Michigan linebacker in the third round, and then O-line pretty much the rest of the way. Um, th- I I saw that, and I was like, that that's, that sounds good to me. That pretty much checks all your boxes. and Yeah. That, that you'd need, and if things could fall that way, that's probably a pretty well-rounded draft. It's really starting to feel like, Tom, I don't know if the tide is starting to push this way for you as well as someone who has also spent the last few weeks draft watching. It feels like the tide is starting. Something within me is telling me that these 
let's say second tier quarterbacks in this draft are going to be the ones that are going to end up being the biggest NFL hits. Like Mm. if you had to ask me if I would rather have Bo Nix or Michael Penix plus Marvin Harrison Jr. or get myself a Kalen Williams or a Drake May, I think I'm taking the first option and I'm not even really thinking twice about it. With with how deprived at receiver you guys have been, I could, Mm -hmm. I definitely can see where you're coming from in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, what would be really interesting though, is honestly, I think my ideal situation is the bears take Caleb Williams or Drake may at one, because they're, they're looking for a fresh start. I think what you should do in that situation is take Marvin at two and then throw a package at the bears for Justin Fields. Hmm. If they get their shiny new toy at one and they decide to take a quarterback, I think you take Marvin Harrison and you throw at the Bills whatever it takes to be the high bidder for uh, for Justin Fields. I, I I think I think that's another I, route I could see them going. I like that too. I think I like even more than I like gambling on <laughs> that second tier quarterback. I like gambling on on Fields. And if there's <laughs> anybody that could maybe get something out of him, I think Belichick might be that guy. Well, Belichick's not going to be here next year. You don't think so? Is, I don't is, think so. It, it really? Wow. So, so I it's, think it's come to I that. think Kraft. I think Kraft is fed up, man. I don't. I don't think. I think well, Kraft I mean, the, the letter it. last year. He he was fed up there. Exactly. So at, That's at, what so, I'm saying. So what is he going to do now? You know what I mean? He's got to do something. He was after in having full, that. Yeah, he was in full thin ice mode after they went what like seven and nine last season or whatever yeah. they went. Yeah. Like he was, he was like, we are going to get back to Patriot football. I deeply apologize for last year. And now we are the literal laughing stock of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the most premium ticket in the NFL a few short years ago? Uh, now 10 bucks to get in the gate at Gillette this past weekend, which wow. um, is very new. Um, wow. I, I even went to see them play the commanders a few weeks ago. And they were still not quite dynasty prices, but I mean, not cheap either. Mm. Um, so I feel like this was the week that the bottom kind of really came out. Um, I, I, I mean, Bill has not made one defendable decision outside of drafting Chris, Christian Gonzalez and trading for Matthew Judon in the last yeah. three years, at least. No, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, we we've been talking about it to and yeah but it's been a few weeks since we talked belichick and it's definitely seems like things have just gotten way worse and it's like we we, we've been talking about the if you wanted to keep bill but instead of getting rid of him demoting him yeah um which i'm not sure if he would do um where i'm at with that right now because this is a conversation we've had in the past um Head coach plus GM next year, Bill Belichick, not an option in my opinion. Yeah, you just, definitely, you definitely not. Um, head coach, not GM, Bill Belichick. I think I'm okay with, I think I'm still good with that. How good the defense has looked, even in these deplorable games. Kraft needs to put his foot down and say, hire an offensive coordinator or you're fired. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with that at this point. Um, what I would really like to see, I think next year, is um, you either promote Gerard Mayo to head coach or you go out and actually get a head coach from this century. You get yourself a Sean McVay, you get yourself a Mike Vrabel um, and 
I, I don't see a world in which this happens, but if somehow he would like to stay here overtaking a head coaching opportunity elsewhere, I, my ideal situation, I, I'm going to say my ideal situation right now. I think I want Mike Vrabel as my head coach next year. I think I would take him over Sean McVay. Um, I think he suits the culture here a little bit more. Um, I think he still has a foot in uh, the unsexy stuff that made the Dynasty Patriots great, but he still has a head in you know the 21st century as well. Sure. Um, my ideal situation is um, Mike Vrabel, head coach. You find one of the best college offensive coordinators out there who understands like the high flying nature of today's game. And if you can somehow retain bill to, to be our defensive coordinator, I don't see how that happens, but if I had a magic wand to, to draw it up, that's how I would draw it up. Um, yeah, I can't poke any holes in that. I think honestly that I don't think that is plausible and I don't no, think you do either, all. but that nope. is, I think that is the best case scenario. If if you could do it exactly how you want it to, to play yeah. out in the most optimal way possible, I think that is a very solid um, coaching staff. Now, if I'm looking at relatively realistic options, do I think if it really came down to it and Bill had two options in front of him, one is to go to, let's say, Carolina or Washington and be the head coach and GM there because those franchise, franchises are willing to give him the full range just for a taste of Bill Belichick because that's a level of success that they've never known. Right. If he had that on one side and stay in New England to head coach but not GM, I think there's a good chance he stays. I, I really okay. do. Uh, I mean... He, he's an egomaniac. Unfortunately, we, we've seen the ramifications of that the last few years. Um, but I think if it really came down to um, a staying in New England for a demotion that isn't completely demoralizing, remaining the head coach, just we're going to get somebody else to take care of this roster or starting over with a, you know, bottoming franchise to, to get the full reins. I don't know if, I mean, Bill, Bill's old. I mean, I don't know if he really wants to completely rebuild the culture in a new city. Um, I don't know if he has that. I don't know if he's planning on staying in the game that many more years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a good chance we keep Bill the head coach next year. I just, I really hope Kraft understands that Bill as the head coach and GM next year is just not an option. Um, But if, if it came down to it, I, I think the I, I gave you my magic wand solution. I think my living in the real world solution is Kraft sits him down and says, we would love for you to stay. Um, but we're going to get somebody else to take over the roster. And um, if Kraft wants to take it upon himself to say, I am finding you an offensive coordinator, that's fine, too. Um, or. Uh, basically giving him an ultimatum of like, you need to hire an offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing and has done this before and has operated a 21st century NFL offense before. Um, I think for where he's at in his career, I think, I think he takes that. Um, I think where the rumor mill with Carolina and Washington has come in is, you know, the, the narrative developing that 
Bill and the Patriots are going to completely mutually parts wait part ways at the end of the year. Teams are starting to say, you know, if that ends up happening, we we would love to put together a package for Bill Belichick. And is there a chance he gets traded on draft night? Yeah. I mean, that that would be crazy. I don't know if the the biggest headline trade of a draft night before has been a head coach, but it would be. Mm. Um but um I uh yeah. I I don't want Bill fired. Um if it if it had to come down to it, um I would love for him to stay and stay in the head coaching role. Um just just needs to address the weaknesses a little bit. Someone else to take over the roster and someone else to take care of the offense. That that's all. And that was a long tirade to just get down to that mission statement, but that's about where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. I think that'll make sense. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. I could all I I could see Bill not and just being like, you know what, I'm I'm done. I'll go try to be a GM somewhere else too. Like, and he would be within his rights too. I yeah. I just don't I just don't know if that's something that's terribly appealing to him at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I, I hear the, you. The but like the main like I change needs to happen. Like that that, that is just like the one thing we do know is something needs to change, and Kraft is gonna do something. Yeah. He, there's there's no way he doesn't at this point bill yeah. like for the sake of my own health and sanity i cannot have bill belichick in charge of this draft and in charge of this offseason where we have the most cap space in the nfl he that is that is too yeah, much potential dangerous. like he cannot be in charge of that and i i Dang. really i pray to god Kraft knows that that is an absolute non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. He he cannot be in charge of that. The last time he had this much cap room, we got Devontae Parker and Nelson Aguilar. I need Kraft to realize this. Yeah. And then sign Devontae Parker to an extension. He is the worst receiver I've ever seen. <laughs> the well, Dolphins... He's your, number, he's your number one now. The Dolphins only got serious the second they let him go yeah yeah uh i i've i've unabashedly said it to friends family loved ones uh over the course of this season um Devontae parker might be my least favorite patriot ever yeah i'm not i'm not joking like that'd be be my guess for you I don't feel this kind of visceral hate towards a lot of people even people who come in and make my team worse like a lot of the time, like I understand, like you were being asked things that you weren't capable of. Um, Devonte Parker, who comes out and says, "We don't need a number one. I'm the number one." Plays like that, um, drops the best ball of Mac's career that have could that could have won you a game, and then blamed him for it, even though he hit you on both palms. Um, he he is. Yeah, he is my least favorite person that I've ever seen wear a Patriots uniform. And that's counting Aaron Hernandez. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. That that last part was not necessary or even really true. I just felt like it would have been a good no. exclamation point for the thought. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um, and but, I'll also you know. tell anybody who would listen that if the Patriots got another five years of that tight two ten two two headed tight end monster, we oh would have God. another two Super Bowls. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, and you, if Gronk you, is healthy in 2012, we win that game. I mean, all, Bel- all we needed was a healthy Gronk in that game. Belichick tried to recreate it with Henry and uh, Janu, but he did. You know, yeah, an, and a, and that could have been great. Another, we just didn't use Janu. No, we I, just I, didn't use him. Just didn't didn't play him. <laughs> and Hunter Henry's great. Hunter Henry is probably my favorite person currently on this team. Hunter Henry makes every catch. He's a gamer. He like he's one of the best tight ends in the game. If you watch him actually play, the stat lines won't tell you that. But if you watch him play, he's one of the best tight ends in the game. Like, and he did he did the same thing when he brought in Martellus Bennett to, to compliment Gronk mm-hmm. uh, during mm-hmm. the dynasty. Um, yep. He was utilized. Like he had a couple of touchdowns the couple of years he was here, but that was the same thing. Like you had the bodies to like recreate that those kind of sets, and you just didn't do it. And you just didn't. Yeah, and guess, and you know what? You didn't even mention that nobody even remembers the Patriots signed Mike Gesicki this year. Right. <laughs> I am right. Nobody even remembers that. Like nobody's top, seen that, him catch a ball. That's great. Yeah. No, that's a great point. <laughs> it's a great point. Which it's is insane, bad. man. Mike Mike Gusecki, the guy who is like t- top seven tight end in football consistently. He was the yeah, he was the safety blanket of the Dolphins' entire offense when they were finding their identity under Tua. Yep. And he hasn't. I don't have a memory of him catching a ball. Yeah, it's that's crazy. That 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 right there is worthy of firing. See alone, yeah. like that that alone is just like what what bill like this it's just a complete waste of resources yeah and that's Insane. the that's the thing like the last the last free agent offensive player that i remember us bringing in from another organization him actually meshing well with our offense and him improving our team as a whole was brandon cooks and that was six years ago yeah the last guy who you gave up capital to get with a purpose, he was going to be that that team was so great in the slot. They were getting a lot of yards that way with Dola and Adelman, but they smartly sat down and said, we have nobody who can take the top off of a defense. They went out and they got Brandon cooks and right away it improved every aspect of the offense. Having a guy that you knew could just run a route down the sideline and would have to be accounted for not only did you get a bunch of touchdowns of Brady throwing dimes to him down the sideline for 60 yard touchdowns, it opened up the slot. It opened up the running game. It made everybody better because you recognized what you needed and brought somebody in who does it well and designed plays for him. What a concept. What a concept, Tom. Oh my God. Dude, it's I, like... I, I feel the same stuff with like the giants too, and the play calling and And I don't understand why Dable isn't calling the plays himself because that's why we brought him in. He's the offensive guru. And yet, like we saw it a little bit before the bye week with Saquon getting involved in the passing game, but it's just like scheme, like, like throw us, throw a screen pass to the best athlete on the field. Like it, it doesn't, Take my like my my extent of an NFL playbook is Madden, but like if I feel like I could like figure out a few plays that would work better than the bullshit that I'm seeing on the field, like I don't, you know, I I it doesn't seem all that hard to be an NFL coach, but that's also me talking from my living room, you know. But yeah, 
it just doesn't I, seem as complicated as they make it to be. I don't know, man. But it's, you know, it's frustrating. Uh, but I yeah. think I think we'll get, we'll get into next week. I ha- I have a good little segment planned for for the frustrations that we're seeing for our team Wait. individually. But but it's it's permeating throughout the league, mm-hmm. and um, you know, not not. It's not being talked about enough, I don't think, this year compared. To, yeah, we, that that one's uh, going to take a while, year. so we'll we'll see that. We're going to need like, we're going to need like a whole episode to talk about it. Yeah, but it, it, it's um, going to be a good one. Oh yeah, um, well, Tom, our hockey teams are doing pretty well. They are, dude. Um, They're fantastic right now. I'm sorry that the last time you saw them in person they were getting uh gangbanged by the buffalo sabers but <laughs> yeah you, you know it happens it happens it happens but um no the rangers are the wagon status as are the bruins right now man it's it um you know in a weird way it's nice to see because we've been like wanting this like titan collision of titans <sighs> all this year and it's still early as hell um, but it's shaping up like we might be seeing that down the road um, sometime soon. We've already had a, a you know a really great game um, between our teams that um, I did not see yeah. ending. Well, yeah, well, I I didn't see it ending seven four. Um, no, you, you know it was it was a close game for most of that game. Um, yep. Uh, and you know I'm sure there's gonna be some really really great tilts moving moving forward but um no man the rangers are great they're they're great to watch right now it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with um right wing and who mm-hmm. they go after the, with these with this limited cap space i mean we have like two dollars in cap space <laughs> right now yeah. um and you know frustrating to see kane go to to detroit but i think we were pretty much out on him the entire time uh, mm-hmm. because of money but um it was funny did you see uh they uh, what panarin said about it no they they, they they asked panarin about why uh about kane going to detroit and and what he thinks about it and he goes we're we're no longer friends <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that, that was his response oh tough <laughs> but uh but yeah american scum exactly it <laughs> is it is weird to see and i'm sure like blackhawk fans think differently because they're big rivals with with the Red Wings, but it, it it's kind of hot to see him in a Red Wings jersey, dude. That they tweeted out the photo of the jersey in the locker, and man, it's like kinda, it's it's sick. I mean, like honestly, unfortunately, like any big name and number in an original six sweater is just like immediate, mm-hmm. like immediate Fuego Flames. So it's funny you say that because. I had this conversation with my brothers. He's played for three original six teams right now. So half of the yeah. the original teams. If he played for any of the other remaining, the bees, the the Maple Leafs, or the Leafs Canadians, or the abs, yeah, the I, world I, one. I'd throw up. Yeah, like those three teams, I would just like I'd lose my mind over mm-hmm. him going to three of those for for many different reasons, but. Um, yeah. He's doing the original six tour. We'll see where he lands next year. Yep. That'll be fun. I mean, depending on how well he plays this year, like we'll see, like 
I we, think he's we were hearing all this. We were hearing all this about like the new look Patrick Kane and how like I, you know. I think he's back. I really do. I, mean, I don't think he, I don't think he signs a one year deal if he wasn't. And yeah. I, you would think that this hip surgery fixed those problems because that's what it was. He couldn't skate last year at all. Yeah, and shout out to you guys paying him, uh, giving him all that money and giving up that capital to just uh, have him be in a nursing home in a Rangers <laughs> yeah. uniform. I mean, I, mean, I mean, shout out to you guys. I mean, I th- I think that's basically what revealed why we got him at such a discount. Like it was like, like it was known. They just didn't make it public um, that he wasn't a hundred percent healthy. I mean, we we really didn't give up anything for him. It literally Uh, was like the Rangers gave up what for Patrick Kane. Yeah. People were up in arms over it, but it's like, yeah, I don't think any other team was making like a deal for him at all. Actually, sorry. He wasn't going anywhere, but New York last year. So there was, there was also the added like no leverage for the Blackhawks, but well, you guys made, had such a okay. you guys had such a good like young roster that so badly needed veteran leadership and like a little bit of like solidifying and like the the offensive lines that like I feel like you were in a place where like forty percent of Patrick Kane would improve this team greatly, mm-hmm. like just for just for what bringing him in would do, like in terms of like the the like new vigor that like the city had for like winning a championship and like. I'm sure what an impact he had in the room and like just seeing Patrick Kane in a Rangers uniform and being like, Oh, this year is different. You know mm. what well, the, the difference this year is Laviolette and I'm eating my words. Cause I wasn't super thrilled about hiring him um, going into it, but he's the exact thing that they needed. They, the play it's coming out that the players are talking about how much more competitive practices are and that they're keeping track of like, who's winning these squad battles that they're doing. And it's like, and it's really motivating. And that's exactly what we didn't see last year. Like the, the team, like yeah. it looked like they gave up in the playoffs. Like there was no, like Gallant was great because he was such a player's coach, but that was, he's also terrible because he was such a player's coach. It's like, they were like, we, this is the first time we're practicing like four on four situations. Mm-hmm. It's You're like, what? Like they're not practicing these different types that they're going to find themselves in. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. and like, we're finding out now that like, when you play Lafreniere with Artemi Panarin, one of the best players in the league, that like, oh, Laf's potential is unlocked. And Lafreniere is looking like he's going to have a 25-plus goal season. And it's like, holy crap. Like, it, so you know it, it's, yeah. it, it, Laviolette has unlocked everything. Like, we're defending. Where it, it's like, wow, you support your Sturkin and, and like Igor's even better. Now. Like, it's it's yeah. crazy. I'm going to I'm going to get to your goalies in a minute and how like excited I am about our teams down the road because of it. But first off, uh, with Laviolette and like you guys changing and doing a lot of those little things better and just like making the tiny connections that, you know, kind of unlocked a little bit more of why this team was underachieving for so long. It's actually really interesting looking back on last year now. And how interesting that first round matchup was because you guys got paired up with the Devils in the first round last year. And I think the reason they ended up edging you out was because you guys are built so similarly. And I think they figured out all those things one year before you did. I think that I think this year's Rangers are a lot like last year's Devils. 
And I think that's why the Devils ended up edging you out of the playoffs last year. Like they, they had that their young guys were developing a little bit more. They were making those just tiny adjustments that even though neither of you guys are like really physical, like corner teams mm-hmm. were like just leading to like a little bit more complete hockey. And it, it yeah. when I was watching the devils against the Rangers last year, it felt like I was watching a machine versus a pile of parts that was almost assembled. I think it was, yeah, it, I think even more so it was that Gallant was just holding the rain, this team back so much from a, a number of perspectives. But I mean, it doesn't take much to realize like, Oh, play Jack Hughes on your top line. And that too. He, he's, yeah. he's, he's your best player or he's your number one pick play him with, um, he's sure or play him with hall yeah, and see what he can do at that level. The Rangers weren't doing that. We were obsessed with the kid line because it worked for for a few games, and like it 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 was really good. But on top of it all, from the Quinn regime and and then Gallant, for some reason they they insisted on developing players in the framework of like if you turn the puck over, you're getting benched. Mm-hmm. So like. Kako and Heedle and Lafette were out there. They were scared out of their minds and they just didn't want to make a, a bad play. So of course they're not going to try to dangle and, and unleash their full potential and, and blow by guys. They're just trying not to turn the puck over so they can play in the third period, you know? So like yeah. not, have, not having, you know, those chains around their ankles has completely mm-hmm. unleashed, um, you know, at least Heedle while the time he's been healthy and Laugh, Kako's still, you know, I'm pretty much over on, on Kako, but he, he's, you know, severe knee injury now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what comes of that. But um, I mean, I think I think when you don't have that shadow hanging over your head, it 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 just wonders mm-hmm. for your team and, and especially your young players. Well, dude, like I I mean, the I Quinn bin was, because... was, was famous. Like, yeah, so it made, it, like, why? Like, why are you doing this to these guys? That's not how you teach. You know, we we, we, we learned this in, in school. Like, the negative reinforcement doesn't work. Like, mm-hmm. so, like. Exactly. If we know this, how did an NHL coach not know this? Well, like, you were talking about that situation with the kid line and how, like, actually spreading out that talent and mixing up, you know, guys who have different strengths and have different experience levels can, can do crazy things for you. And these are, these aren't easy decisions. These are weird decisions at first, like seeing it, it feels super uncomfortable when you're first doing it. But I say I sympathize because um, the Bruins offense didn't get truly elite until they broke up the killer bees. Like Mm. it took, it took them a while to do that um like it for a while the Bruins best strength was we have the best top line in hockey but like our depth isn't great we're we're not really achieving to our potential but like we pointed out like there is not a line in the NHL that can go toe-to-toe with this line and and have the advantage and that was something that we clung to for so long instead of realizing that we have a lot of great youth um these guys could be doing a lot more potentially outside of one another as they are with each other. Um, 
And was that weird at first? Hell yeah, it was. But it ended up being, you know, like Bergeron ended up getting that uh, that chemistry with DeBrusque. And like there were all these like different yeah. connections that were being made that you would have never seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's yeah, it, I'm I'm honestly glad that the Rangers are becoming the best versions of themselves. Like it it's, honestly, even as someone it, who hates you guys, it was frustrating to watch for a while dude, that you guys was, weren't like being you the lo- true competitors that I knew you could be. When you look at that lineup, you're like, how is this team not in the Eastern Conference Finals every year? It, it's it was yeah. crazy. But like to to put a bow on this, um, my shout out, um, Matt, my brother, for bringing the, this little trivia factoid up. But uh, Lafreniere scored his first career goal in three-on-three overtime. Mm-hmm. Dan, I don't expect you to know this at all, but do you happen to know who assisted that goal? I, I, and I don't expect you to know it whatsoever. But no. this, this, this will tell you everything you need to know about what was wrong with the Rangers in, in recent tell, years. Tell me... So this is, Tell me what year this was and tell me uh so where 20, this 2020. Uh-huh. The and guy what age is this guy relative to to Laf? Is he much older? Is he around the same age? Um, yes. And he currently plays for I don't even think this is gonna give it away. He currently plays for Carolina. Plays for Carolina. Assisted. Alexi Lafreniere's first goal um, in 2020, which I've blocked out pretty much all sports from my memory from that year. Um, yeah, right. Just, just you're, tell you're, me. You're never going to get it. Okay, so, yeah. so it was Brendan Lemieux. What in God's name is Brendan Lemieux doing out there three on three overtime? What in God's name? Wow. On a team where you have Panarin, Kreider, Mika. Mm-hmm. Like, Trocek wasn't on the team yet, but we had... um, Who else was on that team? Shit. No. Strom, even? Like, put Strom... Brian Strom. There, before you're putting... Like, come on. God. Well, these are the decisions we make to improve the team's. They're weird sometimes, um, but I have, okay. I have two more things on Bruins Rangers before we get into like five minutes of baseball talk. And then we let the people go one. Um, can we, can we talk about Jacob Truba using Trent Frederick's head as a fucking pinata and getting fined $5,000? Well, I mean, yeah, but this is the same song and dance ever with every single time. It's the NHL does not care about their players at all. How does it get worse than that? Uh, it can. Can you tell me something you can do to somebody outside of taking your skate off and lacerating their jugular with it? Yeah, like I, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's this is the the short and long answer. And like a lot of speculation was going around that like it was accidental or he apologized for it in the post game as I hoped he would. But uh, it was accidental or like somebody pulled like his left arm and that caused his stick to come. No. Th- 
No. He looked at him and followed through. No. He he yeah, he he hit him in the head. Yeah. Full blown. Um no, the the NHL honestly, it's a like in my opinion, like maybe this is a little no, I don't even think so. Like it's getting to like abuse territory of like you're just letting this shit happen like i will go back to when tom wilson was like pinning and cross-checking artemi panarin's head to the ice into the ice yeah like there's just no and he didn't even get the full five grand which is ridiculous (laughs) five five grand is for for assaulting a player it's at least panarin had hair back then to like cushion the fall though (laughs) yeah right like would be worse now would be objectively worse now like like what's stopping them from changing these rules or enforcing them to at least can we at least bring back the like you're suspended as long as this player's on ir (laughs) rule like like can we at least have some form of justice if you're not gonna hit them like i i don't understand it i'm i'm like i'm lost for words like because it just seems so obvious yep and it's crazy that a league just does not care about its player safety this much and Mm. it's crazy that there's a league that exists that cares even less than the nfl does Mm. (laughs) you know it's it's insane so i won't harp on that too much because that was a couple weeks ago at this point but um, I do want to talk about one more quick thing with the Bruins and the Rangers that has me, that has me tingling a little bit. It re- it really does. Um, so we thought last year was going to be our big collision course, like the our big the Rock versus John Cena at WrestleMania, you know, in the playoffs last year. We thought that was going to be it. This year, we have this like unique brand of like. The team has lost a couple superstars, but like they seem to be playing for each other a little bit more. They seem to be operating as a unit a little bit more. They're they're playing well above their heads, I think, in both of our cases. Um, but oh, Tom, something that's different about this year, this this year's Rangers versus Bruins Rangers versus last year's Bruins Rangers, mm-hmm. is the fact that you're getting a taste of a little piece of hockey fan candy that is pretty rare and i've been enjoying the last few years and i want to hear about how you've been enjoying this life and how i think it is putting ourselves on a collision course toward each other tom how you like in having a nice little fun goalie tandem how fun is that <laughs> how are you enjoying the goalie tandem life my friend isn't it isn't it so isn't it such a unique flavor to your life? Like isn't it, it so fun? So it 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 is. I'm not I'm not um it's not an unfamiliar taste whatsoever. I mean if you sure. look th- there's about four or five starting goaltenders in the NHL right now that come from the uh Benoit Lair goalie <laughs> tree. That's true. You know what I mean? Like and and like people forget like Hen- Lundqvist's last year we had three goalies. We didn't have a tandem. We had a three-headed monster, Georgiev um, and mm-hmm. Igor. Right. So, which is like a terrible situation to have. And actually, I caught um, the broadcast, uh, the, the Rangers, uh, I forget what game it was, 
Um, but it was the, they were on ESPN and Hank was talking about how, just like how much he hates a three goalie tandem. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, because what, what, what team is rolling that out now? Oh yeah. It was Ra- Rangers Red Wings mm-hmm. um, from a few weeks ago uh, or last week, actually. Um, and how it's just the worst thing ever. Um, and a close second is like when you have that one, a one B um, but I mean, you, it's working great for you guys right now. You don't um, like it, Tom? This isn't fun? I mean, listen, it's great to have a great backup, but I mean, e- Igor is the guy. I, I, like, we're not, we're not, like, let's don't get that twisted. But oh, quick, okay. Quick, hold quick, on. Quick, hold on. Quick hold is, on. Hold on. is undefeated this year. He's 7, 7 0 and 2. Yeah. 8 0 eight, oh, and 2. Tom, this isn't, you have a good backup. You have prime Igor Shesterkin and vintage Jonathan Quick on your team. Yeah, I it which is this is crazy. not this is not anything you've experienced before, Tom. I need you to realize that <laughs> like I I don't hope that Jay Quick cools off because he's one of my favorite players in NHL history. I hope he has found his groove again. He apparently he... was working with new goalie coaches over the summer and like refined a lot of his game. I I hope this is just who Jonathan Quick is again. Like, oh my no, god, you... if if we can have if we get on a collision course toward each other and this keeps going the way it's going and between the two of us, we have four Vesna contenders. That's crazy. That's th- that crazy. would be, you talk about the rock versus Cena. I think that'd be even bigger than the rock versus Cena, <laughs> especially because like, like Jay quick was such a big name at one point. And now yeah. he's, he's reinvented his game and he's backing up arguably the best in the middle of his prime goaltender in the national yeah. hockey league Play, right playing now. for his hometown team. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it is. Yes, it, it, it definitely is. Um, yeah. Something I really haven't thought about. Cause you kind of just, in my eyes, you know, outside from when he was hurt, it's just like Igor and forget about it. Like, like when you set yeah. your fantasy lineups with you, you just like, yeah, you start Josh Allen and you don't for, you don't think about playing your backup. Like even if he's in a good matchup, right? Thing. Like, like the thought of us being in a playoff series and game one is like, okay, there's been all this fanfare for weeks, and now you got the two big boys between the pipes. You have Igor against Linus. Like that in its own, like for game one is like, oh my god, this is the best goalie matchup in the league. And then the next night, you get Artemi Panarin shooting on Jeremy Swayman and David Pasternak shooting on reinvented prime Jonathan Quick. That, that that's insane, Tom. No, that that's a bananas scenario. That that yeah, that's a crazy world. Like I, I I don't I don't know if we ever see that, but it does open up the the book for if like, what do you do in like game seven if like someone you know doesn't have a great game? That's where it gets really interesting, um, and that's way way down the road, right. but. Yes, it is. It is nice to have, uh, you know, two very serv- more than serviceable goaltenders. But that would be like that matchup. That would be crazy I, if they if if in a seven game series and they were just like handshake to handshake. We're gonna go our one A's and then we're gonna go our ones one against B's, ones and two al- against al- yeah. Al- alternate it. Ah, oh. that would be must watch television if it wasn't already. Yeah, that'd be absolutely nuts. Like. Game three, like going back to Boston, like series tied one, one, 
and like you, you had these two shootouts in New York and then it's time for like okay new city new crowd and the ones that like oh my god I that that would be I I can't describe enough how that's how insane that series would be like I'm getting that's... way ahead of myself this is a this is a May conversation in December but yeah yeah but the the long and the short of it is I am uh I just wanted to say to my uh my resident Ranger fan advisor friend, how happy I am to see Jonathan Quick doing well again. Like Damn that it. makes that makes my early 2010s hockey fan heart so happy. So happy. It, it's and I think it just speaks to really how good Benoit Lair is because you get guys in here that uh I mean goal, goalies come in here to the Rangers and they depending on which way their career is going, it it always goes in the right direction once they come through New York. The mm-hmm. goaltenders. I mean, look at Ranta now. Like he's struggling on Carolina, and they have like one of the best um, defenses in the league. And he's losing his spot. Uh, he's got the opportunity to to play because Anderson's hurt. But now mm-hmm. he's got an AHL goalie, uh, a rookie that's that's taking up time in the crease because he's struggling. So I think it, it's. I don't know what he does, but Alaire is really just a a goalie guru and. Um, deserves way more credit than than what he gets. Yeah, man. And um, and he's he is a, there's a reason why he's constant on the Rangers staff even when there's coaching changes. Sure, man. Um, all right. So now that we've exhausted all of that, um, the last five minutes, uh, where uh, Tom, where's Shohei Otani going? It's down to I think Blue Jays, mm-hmm. <laughs> Angels, oh well, uh, <laughs> Giants, and Dodgers. Dodgers so like yeah. those are all pretty terrible. Um, I think my I think I'm rooting for him to go to San Fran. Honestly, that like that'd be pretty dope to see him in in San Francisco. But uh, I mean, Blue Jays, no, I don't want him in division. Dodgers, they don't need any more help. Um, although that would be kind of cool. Him and him and on a good team in LA would be kind of cool from my non Yankee fan um, Dodger hating perspective. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine right now. I I think our teams seem like we're out. I don't think we're, we're not really pursuing him at all. Yeah. We're um, I think we've fully moved on to Yamamoto. I think that seems like where we're at. too. that is not the, I mean, would I have loved for my team to be a finalist for Shohei Otani? Of course I would have. Yeah. But I in mean, terms but of, also you guys need pitching and he's not pitching for another two years. We need pitching ever. next year and he's not pitching until 2025. Exactly. So exactly. It's, not, it's not like the worst situation for you guys. Um, Yamamoto and, was target number one from the, from the minute the off season started. I mean, you had to be in on Otani early because everybody knew yes. that that was the first domino that was going to fall. But going going into the offseason, the number one priority was you need the 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 mission statement for the fan base has been on opening day. We need Brian Bayo to be number three. I don't know how you do that, but you need to bring in two arms that are better than Brian Bayo. And it started with Yamamoto to be our ace. And then you went in and, you know, got yourself a Blake Snell or someone of that caliber to get to number two. But like, <sighs> Does it suck having to 
give up the the tiny pipe dream I've had for the last several years. Sure. Of, yeah, of course. Yeah, of of Shohei Otani coming in and you know playing for my team and going into the of Hall course. of Fame with my team and all that shit. Um, yeah, obviously. Um, but if you look at it from what this team actually needs and where I think your focus should be, if you're really trying to win next year, I think Yamamoto is still a massive fish, um, mm-hmm. and is, and is going to take a lot of time and a lot of outbidding and is going to require a lot of your attention to sign. So it's, yeah. it's not the worst. It's, thing. it's an easier pill to swallow with how rich that this free agent class is. And mm-hmm. also like Soto's the big name and it's like, I think the Yankees are going to land him. Um, I think they just have to to figure out a deal um, because of this weird like one year rental that he's going to be mm-hmm. um, because he's not signing a long term contract. Until yeah, next so year. such a weird situation. So it's so like, like and, and like t- Twitter's ridiculous right now because it's like they're like, oh, like that prospect is like is holding up the Soto trade like mm-hmm. the Yan- Yankees hugging their prospects like like normal. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand how much team control matters. Mm-hmm. Like you're, 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 you're potentially going to give up 10 years of a stud for yeah. one year of, albeit a generational player. But like, if you don't win the world series, it's all for nothing. And it, it, you know, could turn into a, a horrendous trade on top of it. San Diego has no leverage. Yeah. So I think what's, what the holdup right now is just like, they I think they're just going to grind, uh, San Diego out right now and it really seems like the that the Yankees and Padres both need this deal to happen so it it's it feels like and the reports are coming I think like Ken Rosenthal really um, reported that he really feels like the Yankees are going to land Soto I, I think it's just a matter of time but um, I'm ironing out like which prospects are going to be sent but mm-hmm. um, I mean it's exactly what we need left-handed that plays the outfield mm-hmm. it's so. uh yeah it's um it's a very weird situation especially when you factor in like how competitive are the yankees going to be even with juan soto next year like to give up to give up you know what could be part of a rebuild for one year of juan soto i i would i i mean i would obviously do it but like where the Yankees sit right now, it's it's a little strange, at least. Well, the I mean, right now as it stands, I don't have the offer in front of me of of what it was, but it's all um, they're not. There's nobody outside of like I think it's Clark Schmidt. Mm-hmm. They want Michael King, but I don't think Michael King is even on the table. And I agree with that. People are like, "What do you like? Give give King away? What do you, he's a reliever? Like you could replace him." I don't mm-hmm. think people realize this, but Michael King next year is shaping up to be, first of all, he's shaping up to be one of our starters next year. And he's on everyone's radar next year for being like the top breakout starting pitcher of in the MLB. Cause mm-hmm. he, he had a very like low key end of the season where we were plugging him in to start and he was disgusting. So mm-hmm. to give that up for one year yeah. of Soto Absolutely not. Clark Schmidt. Yeah, sure. Um, other than that, I'm not really giving up anyone except for Stanton uh, for money and performance reasons um, for him to go right out his retirement in his home state of California. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, we'll we'll see how how it shakes up. And and like Dominguez is not on the table. Um, like they don't even really yeah. want to give up Drew Thorpe, who is who's our top pitching prospect, um, who's shaping up to be like a two starter. Mm-hmm. Um, probably on the high end, like they don't even want to give up that. So I think I think Cashman's really trying to put the Padres' feet to the fire here, and I think he's got a. I think he's in a good spot to do it. So let let's see it, Cashman. You you got a lot of ways to to win back Yankees trust, Yankee fans trust here. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll see. I, I it seems like in the next about week or so, maybe the next time we come on these airwaves, we'll we'll have an answer. Maybe, man. Um, and you know, what's, while we're kind of talking about the Padres and their situation, just such a unique situation for any other baseball GM to be looking at, I think are the, are the San Diego Padres, a team that is literally borrowing money to keep the lights on. And that is just sitting on so much talent that they can't, they physically cannot pay. Um, one name that I think is getting lost in a lot of it, and granted, he's not a free agent. Um, the San Diego Padres do not want Fernando Tatis. Like, they've made that very clear. They they yeah, think, hate I, having him there. I think they asked about um, Volpe at one point for Soto, and they're just like, absolutely not. And it's like right. weird, because it's like you have you already have two stud shortstops. Mm-hmm. exactly team. so that you have a lot of money invested in so i don't right. i don't necessarily know if they like don't want him there he had a good season last year but maybe maybe it's more of like an odell situation where it's like he's just kind of more of a distraction than anything else mm-hmm. and um, the uh the the biggest thing that the red sox need behind pitching this offseason is i think i think it was tom karen he went on caravis's podcast the other week and was like we need a right-handed hitting second baseman is like what we need to plug into this team. And like Fernando Tatis was a shortstop, but I mean, that transition can't be terribly difficult and he's a right-handed bat and he's one of the best right-handed bats in the game. And like, could that be like a surprise sneaky move from the Red Sox? Like are the, like, I, I haven't seen anything for, no, me neither. This is just that. me. And this is I just me spec. This is just me compiling facts that he they, fits the profile, and the Padres hate him. Uh, from what I can see, the Padres literally do not like the man. I don't. I don't know if they don't like him. Um, per se, I, I haven't seen anything. Not saying you're wrong, because um, he's definitely a villain in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I haven't seen anything that they would like want to trade him or that they don't like him. Um, you know, outside of like that, that big suspension that he took and, and all yeah. that. But I think he's actually been like really good in right field too. Like, I think he, he did, did, did he, did he not win a gold glove in right field? Did he this year? Am I imagining that? I think he, I think he did. Um, but that would be absolutely wild. Uh, that, that I would, I would not be betting on that whatsoever. Um, and I am a guy who, who, like I said last week, I I bet Panarin Hart, <laughs> yeah, and other future crazy futures, but I, I would not be betting on uh, Tatis going to the Red Sox. Yeah, Tatis and Hassan Kim uh, both won Gold Gloves at new positions this year, yes. which is kind of crazy. Yes. 
So um, I put down an Eagles Super Bowl future this uh, today because I didn't think that yeah. ticket was ever going to get any cheaper. Because uh, I I just think it fits with the NFL script, and it was literally plus six hundred after the Niners beat down. I was like, you know what? The script writers are probably going to want another, or not another, the same teams, but not another one of these. They're going to want the the Swift Bowl, right? And now that now that Jason is famous, probably like approaching as famous as Travis is from their podcast and just being near yeah. in the in the gravitational pull of the T Swift universe. For sure. Um, I don't think if those teams met again, I don't think the NFL would allow Jason to lose. Wow. Um this this is an interesting uh little and now here. And their main competition in the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if you've watched sports much in your life, but you don't beat a team like that twice in a season. It's hard to do. Definitely so, hard to do. And I was like, you know what? This ticket is never going to be cheaper. It's it's It was 15 to win uh, over 100. Um, I was like, you know what? If I know this fraud league the way I think I know this fraud league, yeah. This is going to be a nice payday. Not a terrible bet. Not one I'm ever going to make ever. I know. Um, I know. But um, I, I, I don't, I don't hate it um, on where you executed it after that loss um, Mm -hmm. and getting maybe a little bit of a discount on it. Um, Your guess is good as mine. Whoever's going to win this league this year with you you said it perfect fraud like that, that's what this league is yeah. this year and we're gonna get into it next week we're gonna have a good we episode will. coming next week because uh i got some, some strong opinions on the national fraud league yeah we're gonna talk about the state of the nfl next week i i think i'm gonna agree with a lot of your points um and uh your points and tom brady's points um equally mm. um which i think mm-hmm. are gonna have a lot of overlap um absolutely yeah but we will leave that for next week i think we have gone on long enough for this week i think we have a nice 90 minute pod under our belts for this week (laughs) um rolling on but we are back thank you for coming back with us it is good to be back glad you're settled into the new casa tom glad glad to start this new era of uh of b2g with you and we thank you for spending an hour and a half of your week with us this week thank you for coming back with us thank you for chilling out with us um you know what to do at this point if you haven't followed us at between two gardens pod on instagram at between two gardens on twitter if you haven't rated us on itunes if you haven't followed us on spotify that all helps us grow telling friends about us that helps us grow more than anything honestly um and if you're listening at this point uh we appreciate the hell out of you you know who you are um we are gonna broaden the scope yeah not even a club (laughs) we are (laughs) Uh, yeah, we appreciate whatever long drive you're currently making, because I think that's yeah. the only situation that would ever really rear its head in. Um, yeah. That's when I do most of my long podcast listening anyway. Um, but we are going to broaden the scope next week. We're going to be talking about the state of the NFL. We're going to be talking about our teams coming down the tracks as we get towards the holiday season here. Uh, we hope you're feeling festive. Also, I'm getting it in a little bit early this year. Um, I decorated my place. I've had a couple uh, candy cane Oreos already. Um, mm. We're we're, ha- we're having uh, they're Trader Joe's Oreos, uh, the candy cane JoJo's. If you're there the next time, those are 
a top okay. five TJ's item for me. I gotta um, pick that. I gotta pick those up. Yes. Well, we hope you continue to get into the spirit. We will catch you next week to check in, and we will catch you. Next time. One-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series. This time Manning going deep for Beckham Jr.